Ronin Geek Official Podcast is a proud member of the Fourth Hand Podcast Network. Check out this and many other great shows at fourthhand.com. So now, now we're going to do that all over again. <laughs> this is Alex cool. Austin with one episode 113. Uh, sorry, this is... <laughs> God damn it. This is Alex Austin with episode 113 of Road and Geek Official Podcast. We just did this whole preamble where we explain we're having COVID difficulties and all this shit's going on, but I forgot to hit record within Zoom. That's actually what we're recording on for this week. We're socially distanced, and I'm waiting on a COVID test result. That's what's going on in the world here. And uh, in on the pod with me today, all we have is Rob, because Adam has absconded from the podcast this week. Yeah, he's out. So, uh, <laughs> many, many, out, out, out. <laughs> for many reasons, but in my opinion, not enough. So there, there needs to be more reasons. He needs to provide us with more. So uh, and I, I will expect that justification uh, in writing uh, and stamped by a notary of the Republic by next week. So this is very important. And uh, and because he's missing, we'll, we'll need we'll need something. We'll need some kind for, of document. formal formal letter of apology. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Formal letter of apology. Address to every one of our 37 listeners of Verdict Geek Official Podcast. So it'll be very, very exciting for everyone to get that. Oh, so anyway, uh, speaking of listeners, I think we are back up and running. I, I've been checking around to make sure that we're looking good everywhere. We had switched over to a different podcasting host, and I think we're good. We switched over to Red Circle. It's been good so far. A little bit of an advertisement for them. Um, my only holdup, at, at least at the beginning, was that uh, the files are somewhat scaled down, and I was concerned about audio quality, but audio quality has not been an issue on there so uh there really is no discernible difference to my ear listening to a file that's 250 megabytes versus a file that's two gigabytes so to be quite honest with you so oh it's it, there's a difference <laughs> yeah i mean there's a difference but honestly i can't tell you what it is so because i've been listening and uh yeah I, I listen as i edit and i listen when i upload and it sounds the same to me so anyway the good news is we are back this week we're going to talk about the last couple episodes of Mando, it's going to be a bit of a lightning round just so we can get caught up. And this is going to be for episodes, what would it be, 13 and 14 of The Mandalorian? So it's basically yeah. five and six of season two that's currently going on right now because we've missed this discussion. Uh, I just posted a few days ago that had the episode four discussion. Now we're going to do the lightning round of the episode five and six discussion. Well, I say lightning round, but this could still go on for some time. We don't really know. There's no <laughs> expectation here. We know nothing. <laughs> we know nothing. As usual. And, uh, and we don't often do this remotely, so so we'll see exactly how well it goes. But uh, I can say we're going we're gonna to go ahead and skip on news for this week. So the big news is still coming up. It's going to be Cyberpunk for next week. So, this week. Which, uh, this thir- this Thursday. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's this Thursday it's coming out. So uh, this episode will be up uh, likely tonight. I think it's going to be a pretty quick and easy edit. So I'm just going to slap it. I'm just going to slap it in. And uh, we're going to have an episode up tonight uh, with uh, getting all caught up on Mando, sort of the, the preamble to cyberpunk here. And it'll be very exciting. But we'll do next week is going to be heavy cyberpunk. And let's be honest. You know, we've been talking about it. Mm. I think it's safe to say this is about to become Rodent Geek official cybercast uh for the for the foreseeable future so i can't yeah, we will we will see that's for sure so i i can't honestly imagine we're going to be doing watching or playing much else as far as news items go there hasn't really been a whole lot anyway like uh some movie announcements uh some filming announcements of things that are going on i know there was an official announcement around the filming of obi-wan that's happening there's an official announcement around the filming of 
the Rogue One series starring uh, Diego Luna that's filming. Oh, what was his name in the in the movie? I can't remember. Uh, Cassian Andor. Yeah, Cassian and, uh, Andor series. Yeah. yeah. K2SO, yeah, those, so their series is filming currently. So there's a lot in the works. I know that they did uh, come out with, I think it was a January, I want to say 15th or 18th or 11th. Anyway, it was a day in January, a release date for officially for Disney Plus for WandaVision, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Actually, you know what's uh, weird? I've been looking into a lot of, uh, I don't know how this happened. I got stuck in a like YouTube spiral where I was watching stuff on like, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, and his whole thing about Black Adam and like his like training regimen to get in like fit shape, and it's like insane. Imagine someone as fit as him being like, you know what? I have this new movie coming up. I better get in shape. I better get in shape for this role. <laughs> I I don't think that's the case at all. I think he's always in shape because when he you is. look at like what he does to maintain. He's like, yeah, he's like, I have six days on, one day off. And then he's like, sometimes I just work out on that day off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's like his pastime, right? It's what he enjoys doing. And uh, he feels rewarded for doing it. And if you've ever worked in a corporate office, then certainly you've seen his inspirational video where he's talking about, you know, he has two workouts in in the morning before the rest of us are even out of bed. And that's that's the truth. Like the guys, he's an absolute machine. I think he sleeps about five or six hours a night only and the rest of the time is completely jam-packed. But he's definitely a guy who is highly regimented. That's how he's been able to achieve so much in his life, including I'm pretty sure he's still counted as like the highest grossing actor of all time uh, in Hollywood. Like more of his movies have made more money and more movies that he's been in than than any other actor out there. So it's just pretty cool. So anyway. Like more than Meryl Streep? Uh, yeah, her movies don't make a whole lot, dude. Oh, really? They're just <laughs> well, yeah, dude. Like, like what? Devil Wears Prada might have been her biggest one. Mamma Mia really didn't make like a killing. Uh, I think I would guess those were probably her two biggest ones. I, I don't know if she's done much else that would be that big, but uh, <laughs> a lot of good movies. Don't get me wrong. Like uh, Deer Hunter, great movie. Definitely would not have gone to see it in the theater. <laughs> So one best picture that year. So anyway, yeah. we'll go ahead and jump into Mando here. And this is a, a long time in coming, obviously, is, is, you know, big Star Wars fans ourselves talking about this for some time, making our predictions for some time, uh, knowing that Rosario Dawson was going to show up at some point as Ahsoka Tano. We finally see all that come to fruition in episode 13, aptly titled The Jedi. So yeah. here we are. Here we are. Yeah. That Absolutely. one was a really fun watch. Uh but why don't you start with like what was your what was your favorite part of that episode because i mean like going through with a breakdown i mean i think everyone knows it's pretty much just what uh he's looking for the jedi who went to mm-hmm. Ahsoka, who has a really fun opening uh bit where oh. she's cutting down a, a, like a bunch of security guards freaking fantastic city. freaking fantastic and uh so what's interesting about ahsoka tano is uh she's not technically a jedi she never finished her jedi training because obviously uh, anakin turned to the dark side but that's actually to... that's not why she stopped though interesting she, why did she, why did she stop officially she didn't believe in the jedi order anymore so mm. she actually quit she actually quit to yoda's face hit that yoda <laughs> she she just like gave him the finger to double finger and just walked away yeah she jumped uh backwards off of a skyscraper on coruscant and then into an air call air oh air hell yeah that's, that's no, way to go what happened. oh no she, she uh, effectively <laughs> she effectively just resigned when she was younger i took that hook line and sinker by the way that was uh i was on board for that for that uh for, that's what i'm going with anyway anyway dave filoni directed this uh it was produced by john favreau as well mm-hmm. but uh this is the first one that filoni has directed in this it had a longer runtime 45 minutes which was nice to see coming off a couple shorter episodes 
yeah. and, and certainly a very strong episode overall. Uh, I think my favorite moment, honestly, um, was probably just the exchange between Ahsoka and Dinjarin, and of course now now the you know Baby Yoda as we know is Grogu coming from or Grogu coming from Grogu, uh, yeah. yeah yeah coming from their their conversations when they were out in the woods outside the city. And it was really cool because we finally got some details about uh, Grogu and kind of where he comes from and the fact that he was actually at the Jedi Temple when Order 66 was executed and uh, he managed to escape. And they haven't really delved too much into how he managed to escape yet, but certainly he did. And that's a really cool thing because uh, obviously the other younglings would have fallen prey to then Anakin Skywalker turning into Darth Vader. So which that mm-hmm. was that was the moment, right? That was the moment he became Darth Vader's when he took down the younglings at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. So pretty wild that this is where we learn his backstory comes from. But that being said, uh, really cool because now all of a sudden we start to see some actual character development for Grogu because she mentions that that you know the sphere that he holds based on his past. Uh, could potentially lead to the dark side, right? And and right. because you've seen it all play out like that before. So I was actually thrilled to see, here's a character who's just been kind of a prop up to this point. You know what I mean? There's really yeah. been no character development for, you know, who we used to call Baby Yoda this whole time, this, yeah. this entire thing. Uh, but he's been such a huge cultural phenomenon up to this point. And now all of a sudden, uh, we start to see a character that has to stand on the merits of their character. And I really enjoyed that because it was a major turn for this franchise to take something like Baby Yoda. It's been essentially used as a prop. And we'll, we'll, we'll cover this again in, in the next episode when we cover I'm sorry, when we cover the next episode of the show in this episode. <laughs> because there's more turns that are going to take place here. And it's really yeah. exciting to see him come into his own. So that was probably my favorite part. But I mean, that's like saying, dude, that's like saying, you know, my favorite part of this, you know, multi icing cake was the top icing. You know what I mean? Like there was just, there's yeah. so much to love out of this episode. And uh, certainly uh, I, I think this was just a piece of it, but you know, you, you can't discount the lightsaber battles that happened, which are the first ones we've seen in uh, all of the Mandalorian, which was really cool. It was really good to see how well Jedi and lightsabers and all of that fit into the Mandalorian and and I like that they have set up Beskar as kind of the like I wouldn't I wouldn't call it like the you know the balance to the lightsaber situation you know what I mean but but certainly it, it can hold its own you know what yeah, I mean it can, and, and, yeah it's uh, it's highly resistant it's not actually impervious right um, as we saw yeah yeah but uh yeah no it, that's uh that's actually extended universe stuff and I mean that's kind of what Dave Filoni does right he cherry picks the parts he likes about the extended universe and kind of slots it into the new stuff and he does that uh exceedingly well um thank god for him for doing that (laughs) yeah well i mean like a lot of that seems to be piloted by him and i think that's a lot of it to do with the fact that he's like he was really close to lucas and, and still is um and i think he he's obviously a fan i mean i think that anyone who watches any of his any of his interviews would know that oh and uh and as a fan, he's probably consumed a shit ton of content. So he knows a lot of the extended universe stuff. So. Yes, totally. And that's obviously where all this Beskar stuff comes from, right? So he mm-hmm. set all that up. And, well, uh, all the Mandalorian stuff, pretty much. Realistically, he had already directed more about Mandalorians by such a long shot before he even got to do The Mandalorian, right? Just coming Correct. off of Rebels and all the others that have come before. So, you know, your, yeah. your Bo-Katans and your Sabine Wrens and all these people. Uh, very exciting that here's someone who really knows that that set of characters really intimately doing this live action series. So it's almost as if he he always knew he was on a path, you know, to do something like this. And he always had it in the back of his mind. But uh, obviously... 
uh, Favreau is the guy who kind of empowers all that, right? Right. Is one of the big chiefs down at Disney and and, and yep. Lucasfilm. So anyway, yeah, uh, I really liked the you know the, the story of this episode was very simple. Obviously, Mando was hired by the people, like this sort of despotic ruler of this town to go and kill the Jedi that was plaguing them. Uh, obviously, Ahsoka Tano was plaguing them because she wanted one piece of information and one piece of information only. <laughs> and that is, where is your master to the woman who was holding the town down, the evil general woman. So, yeah. and uh, who, who wielded that badass Beskar staff at the end. And, yes. uh, or Pike, I guess you could call it. So, and then we come yeah. to find out that this master, and this is major spoiler territory here, uh, is actually Grand Admiral Thrawn, is who Ahsoka Tano wants to know about. Right. What a fucking yeah. mic drop, man. What a fucking <laughs> mic drop. My arms went up in the air. I cheered, hell yes, hell yes. I'm so excited that he's hinted uh, as, as being alive in this live action universe now. Man, I'm so excited. I still am. It raises more questions, though. There's so much more that 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 entails. You haven't finished Rebels, so you don't understand. What you're right. That you're means. right. Yeah, yeah. I do still need to finish Rebels because the the literal last episode of Rebels throws this whole thing into a weird, perplexing situation. And there is so much that rides along with Thrawn's return that that means that there's going to be the return of other characters. That are interesting, known. interesting, and and I think I know what you're referring to. I'm not going to say it on here for people to go well, look I'm that up. Go, go and look it up. You're going to say it. The time paradox. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, no. So there, there's a bit of a so spoilers upon spoilers here. You'll probably want to jump forward like five, ten minutes. I don't know, Alex. You can probably mark it, but <clears> I probably won't for this episode. Fair enough. <laughs> this, fair enough. This one's fast and furious in the editing. That's fair. Um. Okay. So ultimately. Uh, what happens here is uh, we know that when so Thrawn essentially went missing, why is which is why he wasn't there for um, a lot of the movies, right? Because during Rebels, near the end of Rebels, he goes missing. I'm not gonna say the instances of why he goes missing, but he does, along with um, Ezra Bridger also goes missing. Gotcha, okay. As to why that's the case, I'm going to let you watch the show. And, and we never it. find out if Ezra Bridger is alive or dead at the end of it, right? Northron. Okay, okay. So, so that both means of them disappear. Highly likely Ezra Bridger makes some sort of appearance, but probably not in the show. And the reason why I say that is this. It's been reported, and I can't remember if it was Deadline or whoever. Uh, I actually took a screenshot of it. And this is regarding Rosario Dawson's role as Ahsoka Tano. So it's actually been reported that she is now signed on for three Star Wars films being written, produced, and directed by John Favreau and Dave Filoni. And these are allegedly going to be the next three films to come out starting in 2023, is my understanding. Awesome. So, uh, so that's which, that's probably the Ezra bomb right there. Yep, that and Thrawn, right? I, I would suspect that's going to be the Thrawn arc as well. So, uh, oh, here it is. This came from wegotthiscovered.com. So Rosario <laughs> Dawson reportedly signed on for three Star Wars movies. And obviously, it could, Thrawn could be a portion of that. Uh, Ezra Bridger could be a portion of that, right? Grogu, you know, if he, if he <laughs> you know, becomes a mainstay character, could become a portion of that as well. But there's, there's a pretty huge gap, you know, between uh, the end of Return of the Jedi, where Mando is taking place, and certainly the beginning of, you know, what is now canon in The Force Awakens. There's a pretty big gap in there of, of what just what happens. You know what I mean? Like, how does it get to the point where 
the Force has to then go to Rey and get Rey to start training to become a Jedi to save the universe when, you know, we already have some of these older heroes kind of running around the galaxy. Uh, and yeah. I, don't, I don't know much about Ahsoka Tano's species, but I don't know. Do they live longer than humans? Would she still be um, you know, sort of fighting fit by the time? The same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, she, she'd be a, an old lady then by the time they get to uh, uh, Force Awakens. So that, that would make sense. But yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see the different paths this takes because uh, there's a lot of Jedi sort of running around the universe at this time, uh, the Star Wars universe at this time, that we just don't have a lot of sight on. We're still all wondering if, you know, Cal Kestis is going to show up at some point, right? That's, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, um, that's been my my big thing is I think it's going to be Cal. Um, I think that there, there's a lot more reasons to have Cal than anybody else. Oh, he's an absolute shoe-in. The actor is still, he's still active. Yeah. He's still young. He's still fit. He's ready to do the role. And, uh, and he did so extremely well. Uh, acting out the portion in the game, right? In fact, that's easily uh, my uh, a more favorite Star Wars story of mine coming from that game than all of mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy. Uh, absolutely. But, but the reason why he's a better shoe in though is re- regardless of all that, which is that's all completely true, and I agree. Um, but the the reason why I think he's a better he's a better fit for this situation is because Grogu's experiencing something that Cal's already gone through which was uh, damage with your connection to the Force. True. Which is hmm. something that Ahsoka brings up pointedly. Uh, she says, oh, like, you know, him being out of... He's, be, he's like out of touch with it because he hasn't been using it. He He's kind of shut himself off from the Force. She's talking about Grogu. Um, so there's... That's everything that Cal Kestis was. And we know that um, Cal eventually went out into the galaxy and did more stuff, but we don't know what that is. Now we know that there's another game coming, and I can almost I can almost guarantee you that if Cal does show up in the Mandalorian, it's going to be followed very closely by a trailer for Sad the Game. Oh man, I, I would love it. I really really enjoyed Fallen Order. That's they did such an incredible job on that game. Easily my favorite, you know, single player Star Wars experience I've ever had. Uh, for obvious reasons, man, it was just such a tight game. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really incredible. So that'd be good to see. And so obviously this episode ends on a high note. Uh, so we have Mando then taking away, uh, then Baby Yoda, now Grogu. They're going to visit a uh, planet. Sorry, I was trying to get the planet, the name of the planet that they went Python. to here. Tython, yeah. And this is an ancient Jedi planet toward the core of the galaxy uh, where the Jedi once had set up this, uh, I don't know if it's like a temple or this hilltop <laughs> let me, temple. Let me, or... there, there's actually a little more to it. Uh, Tython's actually the original planet of the Jedi. That's where the original the original scientists that went to Tython mm-hmm. studied the Force and became the first Jedi. And then uh, that's where the original Jedi Order was formed. And technically the Sith. Interesting. Yeah, because that's uh, some of the people who um, wanted to go in a different path with their learning of the Force. Uh, there was a bit of a, a, call it a, a bit of a fight, like a fractionalization of the Order. Right. On, and those people left. And when they left, they actually, um, in the extended universe lore, they found the Sith species and then, of course, crossbred with them and made the yes. Sith Empire. Awesome, awesome. So there's there's a lot of direction they could take just from the lore in that as well. But that that's essentially where they're going for what is coming up now, episode sixteen. So sorry, fourteen. So this is episode fourteen of Mandalorian, episode six uh, of season two out of eight episodes. So after this, there will only be two episodes left. But this honestly, once we get to this episode now, uh, and this one is called, sorry, this one is called this is I the have, tragedy. Yeah, yeah, the tragedy. So which is very foreboding. Uh, title for this episode i really wasn't sure what was going to happen when we got into this one it's kind of funny because i actually called two two of the, 
plot points right away. Um, which was, I figured that, uh, and I mean, obviously spoilers, but um, the child uh, would get abducted. Because I didn't think they'd kill him. Uh, oh, sure, certainly they but, would kill him, yeah. But, um, and, and the other thing I actually called was they were going to destroy the ship. Which uh, I was actually a little more surprised that that one was accurate. I knew I I pretty much had convinced myself that um, Grogu was going to get stolen. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get to the ship too because we've had predictions since the beginning for what's going to happen there. Now, one thing I should say before we finish episode thirteen completely off: uh, Michael Bean is Lang, so he's sort of the captain of the guards of that town. Do you know who that was? Yes. Did you Did you catch that? No, no, I this, didn't. He's much older now, so it's hard to tell. But he played Kyle Reese in the original two Terminator films. So he's he was also an oh, alien. Sh- he was also in the yeah. original Alien. He's been in a bunch of James Cameron. Yeah, no, films. I like I, I knew him by look, but I didn't know him by name. Yeah, I, th- I thought I that was very I very cool. I didn't recognize that he was from, from um, that actor, but now oh, that, me neither. Now I, that you I mentioned it, I've, I dude, I recognized the shit out of him, so I had to go look it up. I'm like this this guy, this guy. Anyway, so that was pretty cool. And then the lady who played the sort of uh kung fu pike Jedi, uh you know master lady with the with the besker pike uh i looked mm-hmm. her up as well her name was diana lee uh in in Ino santo uh her name was morgan elsbeth in the uh in the episode but she hasn't really been in much as like a title character however she does a ton of stunt and uh choreography in hollywood so pretty cool nice diana. um i was gonna say actually one thing that he brought in um as the captain of the guard he had a weapon that we haven't seen yet in on screen at all and i was super excited to see him using it he has a scatter gun yeah it was like a shotgun type thing yeah it's a it's a it's, a, it's exactly what it is it's a blaster huh. variant of a shotgun yeah that was um, really interesting yeah it was it was actually really exciting to see because like almost nobody uses them and i was always like wow that's really a shame because they're they're actually a very cool weapon and one of my favorite things to use in uh uh like any game where that would ever be possible mainly tabletop games but yeah 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 extremely cool to see that kind of make an appearance then i'm disturbed welcome to hysteria 51 a weekly oddcast of mysteries conspiracies the unusual and the unexplained do we have a laser thermometer to figure out if admiral bird is here i'm pointing the laser at the wall now 71.2, Admiral Bird is here. With John, Brent, and Conspiracy Bot. You're all idiots. Yeah. Join them each week as they clarify conspiracies. I'm a Stuart Swerdlow. I promise I am human and I do human things. <laughs> Explore enigmas. It's all about ley lines, and you'd understand that if I could explain it to you. And probe the paranormal. Hysteria 51 is a hilarious expedition into the eccentric. Stop on my joke. I Thank will you. when they're good. Tune in each week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, the truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Stay woke, meet sex. And then uh, we also have going into episode 14 then. This was a big one for us. Honestly, this is what, what I'll say about episode 14. This is a culmination of 25 years of myself being a Star Wars fan, wanting to see some things come to fruition. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and, and man, did they deliver. And, and I'm just absolutely blown away by not just them delivering, but them actually taking extra steps to really cement it and solidify it as uh, a part of this story going forward. Like this, the show took a major turn in in this episode, and uh, not not like 
not a distinct turn. It was always heading in a direction like this, but it just took a, a turn in that uh, th- there's certain characters now who are going to be more central to the story of this season at least, which is really cool. And hopefully far into the future, which we won't find out until the end of the season. But uh, So the first one of those that we should probably mention is uh, the return of Boba Fett uh, as, as a main character in this episode. Uh, this is, of course, played by Timur Morrison, who played uh, the beloved Django Fett in the prequel trilogy, the yes. father of Boba Fett and the father of many hundreds of thousands of clones. So well, very, technically, very Boba is also a clone. Technically, Boba is also a clone of, of his father. And then some crazy, and we'll just, at the top of this episode, we'll just talk about this real quick. So uh, a couple things they established here. Let's just get this out of the way, Rob. Uh, they they are Mandalorians. They are Mandalorians. Jango Fett was a foundling, so they established this, which means he was a foundling I, to watch. Um, but the, well, okay. So not necessarily a foundling of a watch, because foundling is actually a term, I think, that's used wider. Oh, for, for um, all and Mandalorians. I, and I don't know that for a fact, but I'm pretty sure. Because the foundling okay. is still relatively new. Okay, from, well, that, that's fine. I, they do but, establish as well that he's a foundling, though, which does effectively but, make him Mandalorian. Not necessarily. Well, it does, though. Not necessarily. Because, yeah. No, not necessarily. David, how do we got the armor but, from? But wait, there's a, there's a big caveat there. You're missing a piece of information. Remember that Django may have been at one point Mandalorian, but he turned his back on them when he went to the cloning facilities. Correct, yes. And then when that happens, do you think Boba's a Mandalorian? Because he's definitely not. No, no, but I, I would say at least in, in the sense that the armor still belongs to them because it was given to them. And I don't think it's given on sure, the precondition. Sure, they have Mandalorian armor. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think it's given on the precondition that you stay Mandalorian or that you stay a part of the Creed, right? But, uh, and that's actually, so by the end of the episode, Boba Fett is actually showing a sort of lineage on the little hologram that he brings up, right? It's showing, right. That, oh, you know, my father had fought in the, in the in the Mandalorian Wars and, you know, here's, you know, here's the summer that was rewarded to him and has been passed on to me. And, you know, it was just, it was cool to finally get some kind of lineage there to really cement him in as his character. Now, uh, in the return of Boba Fett, a few things happen. I mean, one, the the first thing that happens in the course of the episode, this episode directed by Robert Rodriguez, actually, which is really which, interesting. I actually had no idea that was coming. So I was like, what? It was <laughs> so random. That. It was so yeah. random. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense, given the action sequences and stuff like that. Oh, and oh my God, did he nail it. Uh, Boba Fett so shows up uh, at first in, in just the Slave 1. And as soon as I saw the Slave 1 flying in, just like, you know, all, all, all fans of the uh, Star Wars, we knew some shit was about to go down, which is pretty mm-hmm. exciting. In fact, even Din Djarin says, all right, it's time to go uh, to Baby Yoda. Now, when, when they do show up to uh, Tython, the first thing they do is he takes Baby Yoda up to this sort of altar, places him on top, and then uh, looks away. And when he looks back, there's this blue wall, this blue, I don't know, force wall up around Baby Yoda as he's doing his little meditation, right? And yeah. uh, it's impenetrable. Can't get through. While this is happening, the slave one flies in. Can't get away. So he decides to go and try to try to hold things down to buy Baby Yoda some more time or buy Grogu some more time. So he doesn't buy much time because <laughs> I think Boba or... Uh, Ming-Na Wen, who came back as Fennec Shand in this, we're, we're already shooting at him by the time they yeah. got up to him. But they established pretty quick that this is not a throwdown between Din Djarin and Boba Fett. This is this is something entirely different. Yeah. So pretty exciting. So I don't know, what what are your thoughts? You saw the Slave One fly in, you knew? Yeah, so when, when that happened, uh, I was like, okay, this is interesting. And then as soon as he's like, oh... Well, as soon as he made mention of another person, I knew that it was going to be Fennec because obviously we see somebody approach Fennec's body when that happened, uh, Fennec Shan's body. 
Uh, I really liked that they gave her a cybernetic prosthesis for yeah. her for her gut. That was is, cool. Which is great too because it's always funny. I, I would uh, so this is good for me because it just vindicates some of my arguments, <laughs> which you know totally petty of me, but ultimately what it came down to is that um in the star wars universe i've never been playing like tabletops things like that i'm like you don't realize how much you can come back from damage wise in these games mm. and in the story like the world itself there's so many ways to survive a close encounter with death if somebody takes the time to try and save you um there's a lot of advancements in med- medicine and there is insane advancements in cybernetics uh, even if the Star Wars cybernetics don't really make sense, they're still fun. Um, so when she showed that, I was like, that's fantastic. That's 100% the way to do it because that is something that is never utilized uh, outside of Luke getting a replacement hand, which has always driven me fucking up the wall. Well, that and, and, well, that and, and Darth Vader. Yeah. Well, Darth Vader and then the, the cartoon series as well, with the animated series as well with Darth Maul, right? Kind of coming back after having lost yes. his, uh, yeah. his lower torso. So it's, uh, it, it, it's, it is interesting to kind of see that come into play here. And it was good because Fennec Shand, uh, great character. Glad they brought Ming-Na Wen back for it. Uh, yeah, you Ming-Na know, she's Wen's like awesome. 50. She's over yeah. 50. Yeah. Like, no, dude, she's... she looks like she's 20. I'm like, what is going she's on? Awesome. Yeah. So she's she's timeless, great actress, been in a lot of stuff over the years, and, and it's really exciting to see her come back. Uh, she's in, in some capacity. Field. You go. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. That's right, which I'm also watching. Yeah. So uh, we won't get to that too much in this episode, though. No, but, of course not. <laughs> uh, some other big characters come back in this as well. Giancarlo Esposito is very central in this episode as he is leading the assault on the altar trying to get a hold of baby yoda and now the other thing that happens here which you also predicted is the death trooper what is it death troopers uh no those not the death troopers those are the uh, dark troopers thank you dark troopers. yes the, so, the droid base uh, yeah you, it's funny you, no somebody told actually tore, into, somebody told, tore into me about that because they said oh you call them death troopers i'm like you're right i keep making that fucking mistake uh, they are dark troopers. Yeah, dark uh, troopers are droids. The names are so goddamn similar. Yeah, yeah. they they are. And here's realistically, the, the didn't he have part? death troopers last season? The one, the the human, the the humans in yes. the black yeah. armor. Yes, he did. Okay. But the um the dark troopers um actually don't originally have black armor, and this doesn't matter. This really doesn't matter. Normally, in the lore, they are actually made to look like really tall robust stormtroopers they're actually put in like a stormtrooper looking casing uh to kind of conceal that they're droids because don't forget combat droids are technically illegal in the empire uh because of the whole um clone wars incident oh yeah that's right that's right so that's and that's why uh, again that that led to mando being very weary of droids at the beginning of the series if we look back right because he was attacked by some of those droids when he was a child and then uh, his parents were killed and he became a foundling as a result of that. So yeah, that, that's even very real, even in this show. Yeah, but before anyone goes, oh, but K2SO is a security droid. Yes, that's the loophole they use. Security, security droids yeah. are okay. Military yeah, yeah. droids are not okay. Right, right, right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and these, are, these are full-on military droids, uh, you know, touching down like Iron Man, grabbing Baby Yoda after he does and his little meditation. Off, yeah. And and we don't know yet what happened during the course of that meditation. So maybe he did get in touch with another Jedi. Maybe another Jedi got in touch with him. We don't know. I can tell you one thing that the internet is calling for in, in a major way is for Sebastian Stan to play Luke Skywalker in a future episode of this. <laughs> People really want to see 
for whatever reason, Sebastian Stan, which he does kind of look like a, a young Luke to some extent. Uh, so it makes sense why they're calling for him specifically. So this is obviously who plays uh, Winter Soldier in the uh, Marvel and the MCU. They want him to come in as Luke Skywalker, which I don't think is going to happen. I think they're going to stay away from the Skywalker family from here on out, and rightfully uh, yeah. so. But uh, yeah. but yeah, it, it would be an interesting cameo to see nonetheless. And I had to look up. I'm not sure because I when they said Titan, I'm like, well, could that be one of the planets where maybe like uh, where Luke was training Leia, for instance, when they did the flashback in uh, the Rise of Skywalker? And I could don't be. think it was. No, yeah, uh, because, it could be. Yeah, it could I think be. The, I, think, like I think the, planet, I think right? the canon lore does place the new Jedi Order on Tython. Yeah, yeah, which makes perfect sense. So anyway, but, but uh, I think the, where they trained was Endor. Yeah, there, there could. Yeah, it seemed like Endor. So, there, so there could be. There still could be some things that are going to happen here that are interesting, uh, kind of out there with around Jedi, but we just don't know because Baby Yoda has now been captured by Moff Gideon and 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 the Dark Troopers. So he's now on what 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 class of ship is this the star destroyer is flying around on um it's a cruiser i'm struggling to recall exactly what it is but it, it, no no just a cruiser yeah yeah um but I, I it almost looked like it was similar design to the clone wars era acclimator because of the way that its engines uh, like the um thruster segment is kind of like partitioned off from the rest of the hull that's very that's very clone wars era but uh it, it is clearly. yeah the whole thing looked very clone wars era which is pretty cool and then uh and obviously we see some of those ships actually being disassembled at the beginning of uh jedi fallen order as well i recall uh those are some of the ones that are being disassembled on the planet where you are at first yep the accl- so, acclimators and vendors were being just disassembled i think so a uh, cool, couple cool things here. One, Boba Fett uh, actually makes some sort of deal. He's trying to make a deal with Din Djarin early in the episode saying, if you give me my armor, I'll ensure the safety of you and the child, right? It's kind of his deal he's trying to make there. And then, uh, and then certainly some, some things go awry. The child gets kidnapped. Uh, the Razor Crest gets absolutely annihilated by Moff Gideon's ship. Just one yep. shot. Done. Well, I <laughs> love that. It's freaking god, man. That was so but that's good. exactly what happens when a unshielded ship gets hit by a turbo laser. One yeah. turbo laser. <laughs> and that's important because now you understand exactly how much power is behind those blast those it's vaporized. towers. Oh, yeah. It's vaporized. Like that shit is just gone. There's no parts left. There's like there's like the little ball thing that they probably grabbed for some plot point and then the best star staff. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. Like there's nothing else left of this ship. So which I was absolutely dying from. So anyway, so what happened that we predicted has come to pass. The Razor Crest has been destroyed. And of course, now Mando has gotten his first ride on a Fire Spray class ship on the Slave One. So they go back to Navarro because he's now trying to recruit Cara Dune. And of course, through Cara Dune, he's trying to recruit Mayfeld uh, to help him locate Moff Gideon's cruiser so they can lead an assault. And this is because Boba Fett still wants to follow through on the deal to protect the child, which is fucking awesome so yeah. <laughs> so now we have fett shand the mandalorian dude dude just uh, and what about that fight scene with boba fett so first first before he gets his armor back uh so this is tomorrow he's fighting with a gaffy fett. stick he yeah. fights with the gaffy stick he's fully decked out like like a sand person he even has the long rifle as well right mm-hmm. just like the same people yep. carry and uh and so he just he's just whipping dudes apart with this gaffy stick just just clubbing him in the face their stormtrooper armor breaking off and flying everywhere very awesome fight sequence 
when he gets the armor back, he's beating the shit out of this other group of stormtroopers. And he does this thing where he punches one in the stomach and then shoots a rocket directly into him from his gauntlet yeah. and sends the guy launching back, which is just so badass. But it was great to see like him come back and just be such an absolute savage. Uh, what a fucking awesome sequence to see take place in the Star Wars universe. And honestly, man, I it's my favorite episode of the series so far, having Boba Fett come back. Like, it's such a realization of childhood dreams to see him as a character, like a real character that they take seriously, right? Mm-hmm. And not just a prop for the background or somebody to toss into the Sarlacc. Like, this, this is the Boba Fett that we all know and love, that we really wanted yeah. to see. This is the Boba Fett that fans of the expanded universe have wanted to see the entire time. This is a huge sort of coming to life moment for, for a character in the Star Wars universe that, that has just been so, so incredibly far past his due, honestly. Like, just, it, it it's was. painful how, how painfully far we are past him receiving his due. But here he is getting respect, and, uh, and, and I'm thrilled, man. It, it was Absolutely actually thrilled. really fun to see because that was, in a lot of ways, the book version of Fett that we've had in the extended yeah. universe for the longest yeah. time. But the one thing that I have to give them props, and I'm thankful that they did this, they didn't shy away from the fact of showing that he has um, all of the acid burns and and combat scars and stuff of his lifetime. Sure. Because a lot of that stuff paints him as a character. And so when they included that in in how he, he's presented to us in The Mandalorian, I thought that was fantastic. And also his armor and everything, right? Like, presumably a lot of the paint... Uh, from the armor being uh, melted off by the, the the juices inside the sarlacc, so when uh, when he fell in there, so it's pretty exciting to see even even that little detail uh, really being observed as well. So yeah. honestly, man, they just they, they nailed it with Boba Fett. Thank God they got Tomorrow Morrison back. He's he's the perfect guy for it. I, I think he just did such a fantastic job. Uh, I love that they've worked him in as 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 uh, a major character in in the current season plot arc who knows what happens after i, I suspect if if they're going to continue to get the response that they already have uh which honestly i'm watching the memes on on the big pages i follow and everything for for star wars and the mandalorian the boba fett memes have been far and like far and away uh the most popular ones like uh, like uh, they're getting they're getting 1200 2500 3500 likes off of a single meme when i normally see a baby yoda meme get you know a few hundred so so we're talking just a massive chunk of the star wars fandom is just all about this development specifically (laughs) like everyone wants this so bad and then once you pile on top of that you talk about you know ahsoka tano coming out as a potential main character in future films where where she's potentially battling the the forces of thrawn you know potentially seeing someone like cal kestis pop up potentially seeing someone like ezra bridger pop up potentially seeing you know the 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 sort of i don't know know, sort of time dilation or time paradox sort of show up into this as well i mean this is the future of star wars that I think everybody wants, you know what I mean? And, and versus mm-hmm. what we ended up getting for the sequel trilogy, which, you know, I think, I think now we can, we can just say maybe, you know, maybe jump the gun a little bit, you know what I mean? In terms of uh, what, what we could have gotten out of star Wars. So it's just, uh, it's interesting to see all these new directions being set up by the Mandalorian to take this universe in that just didn't exist before. Like, think about it. Like uh, before the very first episode of Mandalorian, some of these characters were out there already, but just in, you know the animated series but now that it's made the jump into live action now it just blows up the potential of what else we can get out of them uh, yeah. in terms of feature films and everything i'm, I'm interested to see how this develops because i'm sure that we're going to get another um animated series soon yep um 
and uh, with them taking it this direction, it's it's a really good, I think, especially for things like the fan base and stuff like that, which was super divided over the last few movies because of what was effectively a huge blunder by the company. Yep. Um, to see the Mandalorian come back in such a huge force and pull people back in, I think it came out at the right time. Um, and it's it's developing into something so great that so that when we do go and get more movies, I think people are going to be willing to at least attempt to trust them again. Yeah, and you so know, we, we have to look good. at it this way too. So if they had done the sequel films directly off the tail of, you know, Return of the Jedi somehow, you know what I mean? What mm-hmm. if they didn't place it 30 years into the future? Then honestly, we probably wouldn't be getting the story that we're getting now. And we wouldn't be getting the direction that we're getting now. So on some level, you know, maybe it kind of had to play out the way that it did. For something yeah, like the Mandalorian so. to happen, for Dave Filoni and John Favreau to take the helm of it, which is the right move, for Kathleen Kennedy to kind of step back and step away a little bit and allow these guys to be creative in their own way, to allow them to bring in uh, established directors like Taika Waititi and Robert Rodriguez into this uh, versus just a bunch of indie directors. I, I think, honestly, that there's so many things happening here that, that really had to happen to save Star Wars. And, and we see that all taking place now. And uh, all I can say is just thank fuck for Filoni and Favreau, honestly. Like, just thank fuck for these guys. Like, I just, I, I can't imagine where we'd be without them at this point. If we didn't have Mandalorian, uh, I probably wouldn't be too much of a Star Wars fan at this point if it wasn't for Mandalorian, uh, because it really saved it for me. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I think, uh, yeah, my faith is, is being restored in, in huge chunks now uh, that we have fucking Boba Fett with lines, with fight scenes, in the Slave One, traversing the traversing the universe within Jaren, uh, a character we now know and love. And uh, man, it's just, it's so exciting. So exciting. So anyway, I'll quit gushing. I, I, I cease to gush. So uh, predictions though, what do you think for this next episode? Obviously Friday, we're coming up here. Uh, we're gonna get episode seven of season two or episode 15 overall. Obviously I think this will be kind of the the gathering of Mayfeld and tracking down, you know, uh, uh, Moff Gideon's ship and maybe even going after him. But I, I think the big showdown is definitely going to happen in uh, episode eight. I'm interested to see how it's going to play out. I don't know how it's going to play out, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what happens here. Oh, because we forgot the detail about Baby Yoda and his dark, dark side proclivities they showed, right? Where he's sort of force choking these stormtroopers while he's in captivity. Yes. So, so yeah, there, yeah. So there was that, and so, but I mean, we've seen him force choke people before. Yes. Um, it has happened like, once before. Caradun, right? Caradun, yeah. yeah. Um, so I mean, we we know that he knows how to do this. It's not like some secret technique. I don't think it really is even probably that difficult to do a force choke. It's pretty much like I'm going to use move and pinch something down. Uh, but the to see where it could potentially develop where Grogu ends up starting off as a cherished character and then maybe be, maybe he does plummet for like a movie or something yeah. or like a, a season I should say because I don't see this necessarily going to film but hey it might um, and then come back in a redemption arc I mean I think that that's really possible the, the problem that I have here is that remember that he's 50 so mm-hmm. like the fact that he's 50 is important to remember because that means that in this universe timeline he's not going to become an active primary character anytime soon correct correct so i like, mean you, you'd be looking at a at a you know whatever his species is maybe around 100 or 150 they become a prominent character right yeah so there's there's a good chunk of time that's probably going to pass i think that he'll be kind of instrumental in rebooting the new jedi order yep uh since uh luke's 
now canonized blunder. Yep. Um, I think that that's totally possible, and I think that whoever helps him along is going to be somebody who's going to be prominent in the future as well. Um, yeah, and then uh, die before them. Yeah. That could even be a character they build to kind of take us even past, you know, the the sequel trilogy, right? Who knows? Who knows? It could go. It could kind of go anywhere from there. But uh, yeah, very exciting to see. Uh, anyway, I think this is heading in the right direction. I cannot wait for Friday to see what they have in store for us for this next episode. Uh, I'm just absolutely blown away that we're getting Star Wars this high quality. I think, honestly, the last two episodes, Mandalorian, uh, it's my favorite Star Wars that's happened since, uh, uh, at least on live action, since um, the original trilogy. Like, honestly, it's just it's it's just so absurdly good. Uh, there's just no way to not love it if you're if you're a big Star Wars fan. So, yeah, exciting stuff all around. But um, anyways, that, that's been our journey with Mando. So I guess we could do some playing and watching real quick and then wrap it up. Sure. Yeah. Well, what have you been up to? Um, well, I haven't gotten to see too much more of the um, Marvel's uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I haven't gotten to see too much more of that. Uh, I did play a crap ton of Hyrule Warriors, though. I was trying to finish it up. Uh, so you can borrow it then and check it out. Uh, oh, very very oh, good thanks. game. I, I can tell you, you know, one, one major problem I have with it is, is you know, and this is the same point I get to with, like, a lot of Dynasty Warriors games in the past is that at some point you end up having to start using characters to unlock things that you don't really like. And uh, right. I'm, I'm, I'm to that point now where there's really nothing left to do for the characters I do like. And a couple of the char characters I've left to unlock really require me to dive deeper into these characters who I think just suck for lack of a better word they're not they're not well balanced they're not they're not good they're difficult to control i i just i don't know why i would use them uh when i have such incredible characters to use there's a handful you know five or six in the game who are very very good and then uh, and then the rest who just like really are not great at all for any reason whatsoever so um anyway i'm hitting to that i'm hitting that wall now and i'm about 40 hours in so i just i really don't give a shit to see what up there is uh some big surprises in it king rome is one of the unlockable characters is a really cool fucking character he's a great fighter as well uh so i've been very impressed with king rome is uh he has sort of an altar he does like the um the hooded cloaked figure that you see in breath of the wild and uh he does like a lot more vertical attack with that guy which is really interesting and then uh you see uh we, we talked about it last time but um oh what's her name Urbosa, she turned out to be really, really good. Link's really good. The second form that Princess Zelda takes is really, really good. I did not like her original form, but once she gets a hold of the of the light bow, she becomes an absolute badass, and her magic attacks are just second down in the game. Like she's freaking phenomenal as a, as a major sorceress type character at that point. So, uh, so again, there there are some really amazing standout characters in it, but then the ones who you end up having to use in late game to unlock things just. They just suck, man. They just absolutely suck. And when you have to do, like, time trials and stuff with them, it, it just gets really annoying. So anyway, I'm pretty well over it, but the game is very, very good. I'd recommend it to anybody, especially if you're a Dynasty Warriors fan, and it will be interesting to see if there's more DLC for it in the future. But uh, other than that, that's really all I've been up to. I've just been sort of biding time for yeah. Cyberpunk. Like, that's really yeah. all I'm doing. Uh, yeah, you and me both. I mean, I've been playing a lot of um, uh, some older titles or titles that I just didn't get time to get around to, and I'm like really happy that I found the time to get around to them. Uh, so, like, I've been playing, you know, Risk of Rain 2, which I've talked about before, just kind of like a horde shooter game. Um, new DLC came up for Warhammer Total War. Yep. Um, 
but I've been playing things, you know, Phasmophobia is beta, trying out the prison level, playing Project Zomboid because I've had my zombie survival thing going, resurging. <laughs> is that like a top-down or? Uh, yeah, it's top-down. Uh, it's really, really intricate zombie hmm. survival, but it's okay. a lot of fun and it's multiplayer. So it's a really good time, especially oh, yeah. with friends. But actually, I've been playing something on the Switch. I think, Alex, you might want to look into it. Have you played Starlink yet? No, I have not. Okay, so Starlink is a game that's like a, it's like a sci-fi starfighter game, um, and it's really fun. And just happens to, for some reason, have Star Fox in it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I do know of the game, and this is this. So this came out last year, right? Came out yeah. for last holiday season, and because I remember the ships uh, haven't come out for it as well. Although they weren't, they weren't widely sold in stores. I think they yes. typically have to get them online. Um, you yeah, get the digital ones in the in the Switch store. Yeah, yeah, and then there's a, and then there's some high quality actual replicas of them as well out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a uh, it's a really it's a really kind of fun arcadey space shooter. So like, I think it's like really up your alley. You should definitely check it out. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm surprised with how much fun I'm having with it. Oh, it's great, uh, man. And uh, the the what seemed at first to be a shoe in with Star Fox, he's actually a part of the story from pretty much the beginning. Like him and his team, not just him. It's him, Slippy, Peppy, and Falco. But uh, but they're actually there hunting Star Wolf, which makes complete sense. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because interesting. that's just what they do. Yeah. So the idea is that they're from the Corneria system, but Star Wolf supposedly retreated to here, so they're hunting them, and they happen to meet up with the main crew right at the beginning of the game. Okay. So they're actually in, integral to the actual storyline, but as far as a crossover is concerned, it's being handled extremely smoothly. And to be honest, I wouldn't be able to say that this is not in in universe for the Star Fox you know, Star Fox universe. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I remember that came out. And I mean, that is the Star Fox game for the Switch generation. Like that, that is the game, right? Like, so if you're yeah. into Star Fox and then you want to get into you know something like that check out this next iteration of it. it's definitely an evolution of the series up to this actually, point. actually technically not it's actually a devil it actually devolves technically because if you've ever played the original star fox on the snes mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. actually plays more like this game because you actually didn't have like set missions like how you do in like the n64 the star fox 2 right. from snes right where you where it's just like you fly straight and stuff like that no no in the original one you actually have 3d combat quite a bit and you would be Doing things like shooting down missiles, fighting like some weird fucking snake thing. Um, I, I've been playing the SNES versions essentially through Switch Online. So, yeah, the, which if you haven't played those yet, if you've got Switch Online, you have free access to the SNES and uh, NES bundles. Uh, download them, play Pilot Wings, play Star Fox, all those games. It's fun. Dude, yeah, I, I think it looks good, too. And then uh, I've also heard of some other stuff on Switch. Uh, in fact, a lot is on sale. I don't know if it still is. At the it's time not anymore, yeah. yeah it, but man, there was a crazy sale going on. So I picked up uh, Bastion and Transistor. I also uh, picked up Bastion. Bastion, yep, been playing that one. Yeah, yeah, but it was only like nine bucks for each of them. So I'm like, shit, like I better just pick them up. And then yeah. uh, just, just to bide my time for Cyberpunk, I also downloaded, um, re-downloaded Stardew Valley to kind of try to get back into for this week, just to kind of chill out for a bit. But yeah. uh, I just, I didn't want to get started on anything that, that I'd be real into because when Cyberpunk drops, like that's that's game over. That's it, man. <laughs> so that's uh, that's going to be my gaming life for you're, the next you're couple months. You're getting that on PlayStation, here. right? What's that? 
You're getting that on the PlayStation? Yep, get it on PS4. Yep. Nice, nice. Uh, oh. I'm actually I'm starting my pre-download tomorrow, I think, for the PC. So. Ooh, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. We'll see. So. We'll see. Cool. All right. Well, I, I guess that's it for my playing watching. Do you have anything else? Uh, do I have anything else? Nothing of note. Uh, pretty much touched on everything that I played. Cool. Uh, a couple of other games, but not for long enough to worth really getting into. Uh, okay. Yeah, other than that, I think I'm just watching Star Trek Discovery, which has been great, actually. I've actually really liked it. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, kind of yeah. kind of a fun thing to get into. I, I've been rewatching um for, I don't know, the fifth or sixth time, uh, One Punch Man. I still haven't seen season two, dude. I'm dying to see Me season either. two. Yeah, I can't. Um, well, I mean, I could just, I could obviously, like, get on a pirate ship, but, yeah. like, the... I've been trying to find a legitimate source for the for the show, but it just doesn't exist. I just wanted to pop uh, up on as... freaking Netflix or something. Like that's where I'm watching the first season. Yeah, I mean, like that's the thing that sucks about being in Canada. We don't have access to Hulu, really. Yeah, and they I had think... it. I'm not sure if they still do. I think it's about one of my favorite animes. I love One Punch Man. I just think it's they're so great. fucking good, yeah. so fucking good, and uh, the way that they kind of deconstruct that that genre and, uh, yes. and build it back up again, it's just freaking brilliant. So, and I love all the side characters. All the side characters sort of are takeoffs of another character from somewhere yeah. else in anime, and they're yes. so fucking funny. And and I just can't get over. And and it kills me. It absolutely kills me that like, in the intro they show like, you know, One Punch Man with Genos, who's another powerful character in the show, and then it shows up an overlay of them as like Moomin Rider, who's this absolute <laughs> dickwad bike rider guy. Who's like a big? He's trying to like like, Moomin row, right? but he just gets. I love him, but he just gets his ass kicked all the time. There's the one episode where he spends the whole episode just trying to get to the fight. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so funny, man. So anyway, yeah, great, great show. If you haven't seen One Punch Man, go check it out. You're crazy if you haven't seen it. It's one of the best animes ever. Oh shit. Cool. All right. Well, that's all I got. We can cut it off now. Make make it a quick and easy edit for me tonight. I'm just going to plug it in, toss some music on. We're good to go for episode 113 of Rona Geekfish Podcast. And Adam won't have missed all that much, except for the, the wonderful Mando discussion. So, except some of the most important shit ever. Well, this honestly, it's probably the most we've ever gushed about Star Wars on this show, like by a long shot. <laughs> maybe since uh-huh. like Fallen Order. So, uh, for a while, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's maybe a once in a lifetime thing, or maybe it becomes the new thing, right? And uh, just so you know, too, I am referring to our show more as Ronin Geek News now. So I, I don't know if it's going to become an official thing yet or not. Uh, I was going to run it by you guys to see what you think, but I, I just think Ronin Geek News is easier. I'm so sick of saying official podcast. <laughs> so I just want to make it easier. Ronin Geek News. We, we Why would you call it Ronin Geek? <laughs> well, I, I feel like news is the is the is the. Uh, what it is that we technically do uh, on a week-to-week basis. So news and current events, things like that. So anyway, we'll get to that in the future. But uh, we should be up and available everywhere now. iTunes, we're back up on Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Google, you name it, man. We're everywhere now. We're back up. I even I even registered for Stitcher and Amazon Music. So we, we are officially just fucking everywhere at this point. So there's no reason to not be listening or subbing to the show. So please do. And I would appreciate it. So anyway, this is Alex Dawson signing. Alex, who am I? Alex Austin signing off <laughs> for episode Rob. 113. So, and Rob. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you.